Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. It's April 18th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. Well, my cold is still with us. But you know what? The news is with us, too. So apologies in advance for my froggy throat, but I have four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First, the U.S. Pentagon is telling the White House this morning that its push for wind energy will jeopardize America's national security. I've got the details. Second, I've also got more bad news on wind energy. A new report out from Europe shows that wind farms there have decimated a bird population. I'll tell you all about it. Third, we continue with our theme of, well, not so green energy this morning with a report out from New York City. That shows that the batteries and electric bikes are killing an increasing number of people, including two kids just last week. Finally, and speaking of batteries, a Chinese company is setting up a battery plant in Michigan, but the company is actually planning on setting up something else, a secret committee inside that factory to support the Communist Party. It's unreal. Later, we close out the right report with a question from Barbara from California, I believe. She wanted to know if I knew the CEO of Anheuser-Busch. He is a former CIA officer who's gotten his company, well, <laughs> into some hot water for sponsoring a man who identifies as a woman to be a brand ambassador, right? So I'm going to give you the answer, Barbara. Plus, speaking of beer, why you gentlemen in particular who are listening this morning might want to shy away from the stuff just generally, especially if you're trying to build a family. I've got a new study on that. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. The U.S. Pentagon is warning the Biden administration that the White House's plans to develop offshore wind farms on the Atlantic coastline will in fact jeopardize national security. According to Bloomberg News, both the U.S. Navy and Air Force have said that large areas off the coasts of North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, and Delaware are, quote, highly problematic, end quote, for using wind farms, all because both the Navy and the Air Force use those waters for things like training fighter jet crews and practicing bombing runs. So the Pentagon is raising these concerns because the Interior Department has earmarked those exact same areas for wind farm leases. In fact, four of the six zones identified by the White House as good for wind farms, well, they've been identified as bad for the U.S. military. Meanwhile, the other two zones of the six that I just mentioned, they're not necessarily in the clear either. The Pentagon has said that both will require more study. That, by the way, is according to a report published last October by the Pentagon, but only now circulating amongst other government agencies and prospective wind farm developers. Well, as you can imagine, this is creating, well, a bit of a pickle for the White House. They had planned on private industry building 30 gigawatts of power from offshore wind platforms, which, 
by the way, is around 30 nuclear power plants. But this report from the Pentagon, that's going to probably complicate that plan. One other thing to note here, the environmental community and wind energy lobbyists are weighing in on this new Pentagon report this morning. In fact, the American Clean Power Association is saying that they are, quote, fully committed to national security, end quote. But then they added this, quote, offshore wind can actually enhance national security by providing a clean and affordable source of energy that's protected from the whims of global commodity prices, end quote. In other words, what they seem to be suggesting here is that if push comes to shove, we should really build those wind farms, right? even if it degrades the military, because it means that we won't have to rely on dirty foreign oil. All right. Well, those are the facts and the data this morning. Let me now offer up some quick analysis and opinion. And actually, I want to lead with a question. Ask yourself this. Before the White House earmarked these tracts of ocean for wind farm development, why didn't they ask the Pentagon, hey, do you all have any problem with us putting some floating windmills out in the mid-Atlantic? Because the Pentagon obviously would have said, yes, actually we do. Right? Our young pilots don't really mesh well with towers and blades, or they're going to accidentally bomb a bunch of stuff out there. But the White House didn't take that common sense step, did they? They didn't go to the Pentagon and ask that simple question, which it's a little bit odd. It's almost as though the Biden administration wanted to create a, a headwind, no pun intended, that the Pentagon would struggle to stop. So I'll let you decide if that is likely, but regardless, there is now a direct threat to our military readiness if these windmills go up. Let's see if Congress puts a stop to it. By the way, if you want to weigh in on this with your congressional representatives, you can. Go to house.gov. Click on representatives and find your state, district, and your area politician. You can then email that person directly, right? Tell them to read the Bloomberg article on this. It's entitled Pentagon Sounds Alarm Over Biden Plan for Offshore Wind Sites. Good luck. And while we are talking about wind farms and bad things associated with them, let's move on to our second brief of the morning. A new study published late last week in the journal Scientific Reports found that bird numbers for one species collapsed, my goodness, 30 to 94 percent in the zones nearest to the wind farms in Europe's North Sea. So here's what we're learning this morning. Last Thursday, researchers published a study about how wind farms in Europe were affecting one bird population in particular. It's called the red-throated loon. And it's got a very long and beautiful history weaved into the, the stories of the Vikings and the ancient Gael people of Ireland and Scotland. So in the past, the birds have numbered around 35,000 in key areas in the North Sea. But here's the thing. Those same areas are also where 14 wind farms have been built over the past 15 years or so. And so the researchers wanted to know what has the impact been on these loons? And here's what they found. The overall population of the loon collapsed by 30% in the areas 10 miles away from the wind platforms. But more incredibly, within a one-kilometer zone immediately around the wind farms, populations of the loon fell 94%, right? That's 94%. So one of the co-authors of this study, a fellow named Stefan Garth of Kiel University in Germany, said that they were, quote, surprised by the impact on birds, especially at far distances from the wind blades. 
Quote, this worries us substantially. While we acknowledge the need for wind energy, we face the problem that wind farms hardly provide any benefit for seabirds, end quote. Now, exactly why this is happening, the researchers aren't sure, right? The the wind blades are one likely culprit, but perhaps there are other more poorly understood causes as well. But regardless, folks, this is going to be a problem that it's going to get a lot worse for the poor old loon. That's because the countries that surround the North Sea have promised to dramatically increase the numbers of wind farms in the area by the year 2050. So one last thing to tell you about, these birds, the loons, are migratory, and they play a very important role for native communities as far away as Canada. So what happens there in Europe will absolutely have ripple effects all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. So those are the facts and data this morning by the poor loon. But rather than give you some analysis on this one, I want to remind you of something. Starting this coming Friday, I will be launching a new five-week series on what I call Dirty Green Energy. And we are going to dive into the dirty aspects of this supposedly clean energy revolution. We're going to talk about electric vehicles and solar and wind farms and the batteries that power it all. And you can bet that we will cover this issue of dead birds and wind farms. And to give you a little tease of things to come, here's something that you might not know. The U.S. government refuses to share data on how many gold and bald eagles have been killed by wind farms in the United States. That's because, they say, it's classified, sensitive law enforcement information. (laughs) Now, that sounds bizarre, but I promise you, it is true, and we are going to talk about it. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Now, most of you likely won't hear any ads over the next couple of minutes, so enjoy the ad-free experience, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue our theme this morning about dirty green energy. And we've got two more briefs to cover. First up, officials in New York City are once again warning people with electric bikes that those machines are an extreme fire hazard and should never, ever be stored inside of or near your home. That's a message, though, that is coming too late for one family in the borough of Queens. Two children lost their lives last week when an e-bike's battery exploded in their apartment. Now, the firefighters actually arrived within five or ten minutes of the initial call, but it was too late. The lithium-ion batteries created such intense heat and flames that they just consumed the poor little children before help could arrive. Now, this is not an isolated incident, at least according to the National Fire Protection Association. The NFPA has said that these bikes and their batteries, which, by the way, are the same ones that power electric vehicles and store power from solar and wind farms. Well, they are vulnerable to damage, especially when they're exposed to water. And if that happens, the batteries can and oftentimes do explode, igniting fires that require some pretty specialized firefighting equipment and can take days to put out. So what's frightening is that there is no central authority keeping track of these sort of e-bike explosions and fires nationwide. Only New York City is doing it. And that's because they are worried about people in high-rise buildings with these bikes taking down the entire building. And sadly, that is precisely what New York City is finding, that these battery fires are on the rise. In 2022, for example, e-bikes were responsible for an estimated 220 fires and six deaths. That's up about 100% year over year, according to the New York Fire Department. 
Now, so far this year, the city reports 59 fires, three dozen injuries, and five deaths, all due to these e-bike battery fires. Right, by the way, one of those fires occurred at a child care facility. Now, as that warning is being issued by the city of New York and the New York Fire Department, here's something that you might not know. Politicians on Capitol Hill are actually trying to get more people to buy these electric bikes. According to Fox News, last month, Democrat representatives and senators from Hawaii, Oregon, and California introduced a bill to give Americans a $1,500 tax credit to buy an e-bike. All right, well, why is that? Well, according to Adam Schiff and Jimmy Panetta, two Democrats from California, they say it's because the bikes, quote, improve the quality of life in our communities and tackle the climate crisis in our country. Electric bikes are also a phenomenal way to traverse our communities, combining the beauty of the outdoors with the ease and benefits of sustainable transportation, end quote. Okay, well, you all can debate that, although I would just note, there is an alternative that doesn't blow up and kill you. I, I, I believe they're simply called bikes. You know, you just, you just pedal them with your feet. Ah, what do I know? I'm old-fashioned. You know, you, you should just really get one with the exploding batteries. And speaking of batteries, my friends, let's move on to our last brief of the morning. There is a Chinese company with plans to open up a lithium-ion battery factory in the state of Michigan. Some area residents, however, are not really excited about this idea, and that's largely because the company has acknowledged plans to set up a secret cell inside the factory for members of the Communist Party to meet and discuss, well, whatever Beijing wants them to discuss. So here's that remarkable story as relayed by Michigan Press and confirmed by the South China Morning Post. Last year, the Chinese company Goshen Incorporated, which is a subsidiary of Goshen High Tech of China, they pitched a $2.3 billion project for the small city of Green Charter Township, Michigan. It's about 60 miles north of Grand Rapids. And the pitch was this. Let this Chinese company build a factory for lithium-ion batteries, namely for electric vehicles. And in exchange, the Chinese company will hire several thousand people. In other words, jobs. Well, local officials were just tickled pink with this opportunity. The township supervisor, a fellow named Jim Chapman, and his entire board of trustees gave it an, a unanimous approval. So also backing the project for what it's worth is the governor of Michigan herself, Gretchen Whitmer. That, by the way, is all according to the Detroit News. But there is a slight problem, right? In the corporate bylaws of Goshen Incorporated, they admit that they are required to, quote, set up a Communist Party organization in Michigan and carry out party activities in accordance with the Constitution of the Communist Party of China, end quote. Hmm, well, that's odd, isn't it? Well, actually, not at all. Let me explain. The Chinese government requires all businesses, both private and state-owned, to advance the interests of the Communist Party abroad. In other words, this Goshen company and all other Chinese companies, no matter where they are in the world, must, by Chinese law, open up a committee or a club inside their companies that answer to and execute the demands of Beijing. So that is well known, and it is part of the reason for why the U.S. Pentagon and the FBI and the CIA have all said that China is America's greatest adversary. And 
It's why the FBI has acknowledged to Congress anyway that it opens up a counterintelligence case against a Chinese-related person or entity every 10 hours of every day, 365 days a year. Okay. If all of this sounds just outrageous, that America would let Chinese companies set up their secret communist cells inside our nation, well, if you think that's bonkers, you're not alone. Republicans like Representative John Molinar are saying no thank you to this factory. It is in his district where the battery plant will likely go. And I say likely because it's unclear if the factory will actually eventually get built. Right? According to the company, they have submitted documentation to something called the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS. That's an interagency federal panel, basically, that reviews transactions involving foreign investments. And they take around 45 days or so to investigate and share their findings. And that's why I'm going to keep a very close eye on that process. So, folks, those are the facts and data this morning. Let me now offer up one parting piece of analysis and opinion. So this battery factory in Michigan is really, I think, pretty emblematic of the entire green energy revolution and why it's so dirty. And that's because none of this energy revolution involving solar and wind and the batteries, none of it happens without China. And that's because as we will explore over the next five weeks, starting this Friday, Beijing controls the supply chain for the entire industry. All right, from the mining, the refining, to the manufacturing of batteries. They also control the supply of solar panels, too. And while it is true that the U.S. and others around the world are trying to lessen that dependence on China, it is also true that Beijing has an iron grip on the entire supply chain that is not going to change anytime soon. So estimates range on when it might get a little bit more balanced, but we're talking about at least a decade or more. And that means that for the next 10 years or so, America is tethering itself to the country of China closer and closer. And by doing so, with the White House pushing this change, well, they're tethering us to China and its laws that say that their companies have to set up these communist cells and do whatever the Communist Party tells them to do. So I ask you, does it seem smart to encourage Goshen to put down communist roots in Michigan? Does it seem smart to encourage any Chinese company to put down communist roots anywhere in America? Let me say that a little bit differently, but bring in some recent American history, right? The U.S. military, the FBI, and the CIA have all listed China as our greatest threat, but they're doing so in the same way that they did with Al-Qaeda in years gone by. So let us think about that and ask ourselves this. Would we have ever encouraged Al-Qaeda to set up a factory so we could have some jobs while they created some sort of secret internal committees to advance radical Islam? I, look, I, I appreciate that the analogy here is a little bit, well, stretched or outrageous, but I'm using it to underline what I see as something, well, equally outrageous. Right? As a former intel officer, I know this issue and this country like the back of my hand. And I'm talking about China here. Right? The fact of the matter is we are giving these folks, these Chinese companies and the Communist Party, we are giving our enemy aid and comfort, especially when we allow them to set up shop here in America. In fact, you may have even seen reports yesterday that the Chinese government is setting up secret police stations in America, too. And I think that's wrong, just all of it. But I can appreciate that that's me. 
right? I admit I am a weathered intelligence officer who has been chasing these guys and this country for many years. I would just really prefer that we wouldn't have to chase them as often, especially in our own backyard. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which will be ad-free for now. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. Barbara from somewhere in America, I think California, wrote in about the big fight over the transgender issue and the recent outrage regarding Anheuser-Busch. All right, as you probably know, that company put someone on a Bud Light beer can that is a man but believes himself to be a woman. So Barbara wanted to know if I knew the CEO of Anheuser-Busch. It's a man named Brendan Whitworth. Brendan, uh, as it turns out, is a former CIA officer and actually a Marine Corps veteran. Well, Barbara, I actually do know Brendan. He and I were classmates many years ago. I knew him and his fiancée very well. But then we parted ways after training, and I haven't spoken to him in years. So I don't know what Brendan's thinking was on this whole episode. I have written him to ask to have a private conversation and give him my counsel. So I'll keep you posted if that happens and if he is open to me sharing whatever we discuss. Because I will tell you that candidly, what I will tell him, I don't think that he or his company have handled this at all very well. But in the meantime, as you all debate this issue, I wanted to flag something about beer more generally, especially for you gentlemen out there considering to add another baby to your brood. Researchers at Texas A&M University revealed last week that it's not just mothers who need to be careful about avoiding alcohol during pregnancy. It's men too, because if not, and the men end up drinking, it raises the risk of fetal alcohol syndrome. So here's what we're learning. Researchers, folks, have long known that women who drink alcohol during pregnancy have a heightened risk of bearing a child with fetal alcohol syndrome. That's a collection of birth defects that impact the brain, the the skull, and the face of a baby. But these researchers wondered if male alcohol consumption before conception could contribute as well, especially because men tend to drink a lot more generally and also binge drink a lot more than women. And here's the upshot of what they found. Quote, when it was the dad drinking, we saw a profound shift in the organization of a child's face, end quote. In other words, yes, when dads drink before conception, the baby suffers. So for what it's worth, this matches previous data on a dad's drinking habits affecting a baby's brain size, cognitive function, and overall weight. So if you are, you know, hopping mad about the Bud Light controversy and you want to do something about it, well you know, boycott them, I suppose, might save you some money. And as it turns out, your ability to have a healthy baby, if that kind of thing is on your radar. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.